0: listening to you would think the philadelphia flyers podcast i'm your host kyle collington and uh joining me as always kevin dercel how are you buddy
1: i'm doing all right how are you
0: doing good uh you know i know we're uh you're you're playing a little hurt today i'm playing a little hurt (laughs) too you know we're kind of working through some injuries today but we didn't have a show last week so we had to come back um it has been a couple of weeks since our last show welcome back if you're back. before we kind of dive into it we got two weeks worth of games to break down we're hitting the trade deadline uh, before we do all that follow us on the social media at ywt podcast make sure to follow kevin at kevin underscore derso find the show everywhere you find your podcast including sportstalkphilly.com okay so dive in right into it um we've had six flyers games since our last show mm-hmm. and it's been a bit of a mix bit of a mixed bag up and down the flyers end up three and three now In my eyes, that's a little bit misleading because you had a really tight game against the New York Rangers uh, in there that, man, if you win that game, and quite frankly, I think you were the better team that night. We might get into that a little bit here, but uh, if you win that game, you come out of this four and two, and the tone for this show is kind of drastically different, right? Like 500 just feels different than 67%.
1: Yeah, I hear where you're going with this. Like, I know it's like you said, it's mixed bag, you know? Yeah. And this time of year, I think brings that out because of the playoff structure. There's so many teams still involved. You're going to get games where stuff is going your way. You're going to get games where it doesn't go your way. You're going to need, you know, kind of however it works. Right. You know, like it's just if you're looking for games, where like you try to look for games where you feel like you have it completely. And I think that that's hard to come by at this time of year just because everybody's dealing with something one way or another. I mean, I think the easiest place to begin in that respect is I guess I'm trying to remember if it was. Yeah, I guess it was starting with the Ranger game. So five games now. Okay, They've been with, you know, playing without Travis Konechny. Yep, Been dealing with an injury and it sounds like he's close at this point.
0: Right, like, not, I, not make what, people
1: to not make what, people panic. It's like
0: what they said on the broadcast is that, um, it's a possibility for Monday, but Thursday in Florida looks a little more likely
1: right. That's what I, Jackson I, was saying on the broadcast because because that's how and I what obviously, this was coming from a road game situation. This was in Washington that members who were traveling with media members traveling for that game got Danny Brier that night, ok. So Briere had said on Friday that they were going to get through the weekend and to be quite honest I think it the, the determination there is how do you define the weekend is the sure. weekend get to sunday when we're recording this as we speak and see if monday's a possibility or are we lumping monday in because it was a 3 it's a 3 and 4 weekend
0: Danny Briere seems like that. a 3 day weekend kind of guy
1: I don't dis- well not right now he's not no no Right oh, now, absolutely he's, not. He's, he's, he's working every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You know, he's nose I mean? to the
0: grindstone coming up on his one year anniversary well, of being Yeah, well,
1: From a general manager standpoint, you get a little bit of a break. You know, not that you're not making daily moves and trying to figure out how things work, but you're going to get a break technically as soon as this trade deadline passes because there's not really anything that they can do. And to be honest, like, even down to like, like, I, we don't have a tab for this or anything like that, and it's not something that, you know, is gonna is it's not shaking up the organization tomorrow. Let's today or tomorrow. Let's put it that way. Okay. But, but there was reports that came out, and and it's pretty much from all all accounts I had heard. Pretty much, it's a, it, like the deal's already done. It's just mm. they're signing Denver Barkey to an entry level deal.
0: Yes, and, and, and that is probably something that will get officially news dropped after the show releases, but uh, we can mention it here a little well, because, bit.
1: Um, because, well, and the reason why I'm bringing it up like that is because there's a possibility that's out on Sunday at some point, whether that's well, – it could be while we're recording, it could be right, right after, who knows, or it could be Monday. I've heard it could be like Monday. The bottom line is what I'd also heard while being down there on Saturday was the deal was done days ago. Right. Like he's already signed. It's it's a done deal. And so, and real, which which also lends to how people found out that this was happening because apparently, and I didn't see it. Like I found out later, it was deleted. Like I was probably driving. This is probably why I missed. It. I was probably driving to Saturday's game. The London Knights put out something about congrats to Denver Barkey. Oh, that's really and funny. Pulled the trigger too soon. Basically. That's really funny. And then had to pull back because the team didn't announce it. So no, no. Do you know is the, is the plan for him to join the Phantoms? No. Not, the, not, I, I guess not unless they c- think they can get him up there. Like, like once his season's over, like as one of those, things. Okay. like it's one of those things. Oh, but
0: okay. I, I, so he's just signing just on paper. They're just locking him up. Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, th- th- this, let's just say it, it won't it, change
0: it, anything about the day to day.
1: No, 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 no. And especially know. considering that the London Knights have played well enough, especially over the second half of the season between their mean, Memorial, Long- Memorial Cup contenders at a minimum at the very least you got to factor maybe, in. maybe a favorite. Well, at the very least you got to factor in they're going to be heavily involved in the OHL playoffs first. Absolutely. Start there. Then we'll, you know, worry about the Memorial Cup stuff later and how long that goes into the picture, but Bonks already signed. Yep. So, it like if his day-to-day wasn't affected by it, then Barky's isn't going to be either. Right. And then you just think about the rest of the makeup of that team with easton cowan and and who who's on just some ridiculous point streak i think last time i saw it's like something like 24 game or it's be more than that even it's like it's in the 20s right that he's got a point streak going which like i saw something the other day about him because it was toronto drafted him like late first round like Mm. i'm trying to i forget what year it was i guess it was last year and everybody was like the thought process was wow that looks like a reach and now it's not a reach anymore it feels like because all of a sudden his he's had like an incredible year they've got um i believe sam dickinson is the defenseman who's draft eligible this year who's gonna go high like top 10 material easy and just keeps putting it up as well you know and things like that so they've got a lot of talent and I almost don't expect, like, if they play long enough, I almost don't expect them to be done in time to do anything from a minorly same way. And Barky, for what it's worth, also, because we've already joked about what Ian Perrier says about Barky, how he looks like he's still a teen. Well, he is a teenager, but he he looks like like a child. He looks like a child. and. Well, and and it's it's not just in facial structure here and like facial features. It's
0: he looks like he weighs about one hundred and thirty pounds soaking wet
1: because he because he, he does basically he's not right. even you know draft day he wasn't even listed at one fifty
0: no and no so there's a lot obviously... of
1: that that's you get my point now though it's right. there's a lot of leg work to do but but that like I think where I'm going with this is that you know. It, like we said, it's in term, we were talking about Travis connect in this sense and what determines yeah. the weekend for Danny Breer and things like that. And, and even down to, and believe me at this point, we're down to less than a week to go until this thing. So my eyes are always on the phone a little bit. You're keeping a close Absolutely. eye out for some stuff. It, we'll get into what could be, I guess, mm-hmm. but you know, like at the moment, anyway, I'm not expecting anything right now. Like so and I'm not talking nothing like, at all. Not not I'm not talking about for Friday. I'm talking about like in the here and now, like I okay, think whatever okay. they're going to do, like it'll be Thursday ev- like or Friday. Everybody, I think everybody is like ready to hit the accelerator as soon as something like like, oh, the week is here. Something could happen at any minute. And I'm kind of like peeled back where it's like the deadline's Friday. And I really think for them, that's what it's going to mean because um, of where yeah, they are.
0: I, I think there's no reason. For Danny Briere, obviously Danny Briere not to be working the phones now, but there's no reason for Danny Briere not to be ready to go Tuesday morning, right? You play Monday night, Tuesday morning, you're kind of ready to go. You got two days before your Thursday game, just in case. But well, and uh, for around like, the league, a lot of times you don't get activity until 24 to 36 hours before the day. Well,
1: and that's why I'm saying, for what it's worth, like to me, I'm not expecting a thing on Sunday. I'm not expecting a thing on Monday because they're going right. to probably roll into Monday's game with as everything is. the same. Yeah. And everybody playing. Like yeah. anybody who you can think of who we've mentioned is trade possibilities and all that stuff like that.
0: Unless something huge drops in your lap. But I don't think
1: that's happening. But I don't think there's
0: like. Va- Vancouver's not calling you and offering you Elias Patterson. Well, they no already, opinion, they already did that. <laughs>
1: Which, by the way, I saw something that was very fair about that. Which is, if they're not having the year that they are right now, does that happen?
0: Probably not. Like, probably it, not eight years.
1: I don't even know if it. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's something that gets there right now. Like, like I think the reason why the player is willing to sign in February, the crazy thing, or March, is, you know, is yeah. because
0: the crazy thing is, is a, I think if the deal doesn't get there, I think they would have traded them.
1: Well, and that's what I'm trying to get at is yeah. I don't know. Well, and I'm I'm not going to go that far with it. Like, I think they would have like they would have been trying much harder. Well, not even trying much harder. It's I don't think they were going to just move the guy in the middle of like, while they're still ranked where they are in the standings. Yeah. But no, I think no, that no. the long term position. although th- that's the thing, they're ranked where they are in the standings. If they're not where they are in the standings, I think that, yeah, like if they're on the bubble instead or if they're not in the playoff picture, then I think they're right. move
0: them and instead yeah. they instead they the Vancouver Canucks cable Elias Patterson sign him to 8 years 11.6 per making super him a super
1: fair deal by the way for both sides the like
0: fifth, i think he'll be the fifth highest played uh, player in hockey which is where what Elias Petterson gets out of it. And what the Vancouver Canucks get out of it is you get this player from twenty-six to thirty-four. You get his entire well, the reason
1: why career. I'm and that's the reason why I'm calling it fair is like right yeah. yes, right now he's the fifth or he would be the fifth highest player. Right. He he'll be the fifth be, highest going into next season right. as of right he now. He won't yeah. be anywhere close to he won't even be top In two years. No, I don't no. think he'll be top fifteen by the end of that contract
0: oh i don't think he'll be top 10 in two years three years quite possibly yeah I three years just, is better three years is right better. two years i'm McDavid, not sure but because the mcdavid contract's coming and that's gonna i know be the mcdavid insane.
1: one's coming and that's obvious but like i'm talking about like
0: oh i know but every all a lot of big players have contracts in the meantime
1: like and that's but that's why i'm saying i just get the sense that for his age for his performance level that's going to age really well in the early
0: beautifully right
1: that's like I I don't think you could have asked now now I'm genuinely curious about everybody else but then again I also look at everybody else that you could talk about from that roster and go you know bet whether it's Besser or Miller or whatever it's like they're older guys though yeah. you know like it maybe your point is st- stick to this guy who's in his prime right and and, like, build and around him right and you're buying his
0: entire productive career and they did like, well and,
1: and they did it with Hughes too
0: like right exactly you have those two locked up forever
1: and like, as far as i'm concerned if if Demko's your guy in goal you're really like that that's taking a page out of the dallas stars book and going got the forward got the defenseman got the goalie there's the cornerstones at each position figure out the rest you know absolutely absolutely that's absolutely. and we're gonna get into it that's the challenge the flyers face yes,
0: that is the challenge the flyers face so, but the- anyway
1: so okay so we were on Travis connecting to start this. We've already yes. gotten going off the rails yes. a little bit. Couple times. Um, but <laughs> welcome can, to the trade deadline right. shows. But but that's my like my point is is that whenever they decide that he's close to coming back or whatever, you still go into some of these games, and I think the way you put it, this three and three over, like yes, it's a mixed bag in terms of record. Like they've won right. three and lost three. you only got
0: six points out of a possible twelve.
1: But I also think that like. This kind of goes back to where we were with the previous show because the last time we did a show was right after the stadium series, and yeah. there was like this sense of complete chaos freak out over well, they lost to the devils in regulation. Oh no, here it comes, right? And th- this is the thing to me, and, and like as we go through with this, because like I'm glossing over a bunch of these games. We're not going to sure, break sure. down all 6 of these games in full detail and all stuff like that. There's trade deadline stuff to get get into all that. Absolutely. Um All right, you you don't play the greatest game in the world against Chicago, but Chicago's so bad that you you, you win manage the game just,
0: you managed to stabilize a little bit.
1: It's not even that you managed to stabilize. It's just okay, you still get the result that you wanted to to bounce back from the outdoor game. Right. Because Chicago's just so bad. You know, as much as that game was in a position at one point in time where you're like, oh, boy, you know, like the game is tied.
0: Right. Here we go. You
1: know, like total trap game positioning here. And that's it like John Tortorella couldn't have been more correct after that Jersey game than to say exactly what he did about the Chicago game. How you know that that game scares you because the fact that you've still got to be ready to play. I mean, this is as much as they've done so much right from a winning standpoint and being in the playoff picture and all that for yeah. the duration of what has to be going on at this point, I mean, all of December, all of January, all of February. So over three months, this is still the team that lost to the San Jose sharks. Right. You know, for first this year. Right. That is what gives you the creeps about a game like Chicago where, okay. You just, well, first of all, you just got amped up for this outdoor game. It didn't go well. You get three days in between the two games. May not be the easiest one to get up for. Definitely screams trap. Oh, yeah. The fact that you didn't get trapped is exactly what you needed. So I don't Fair. care how it looked. You won the game. Two point. You already kind of brought it up a little bit because, like, mentioning the Ranger game a little bit. Yeah. That's the very first game and, – and and I wouldn't be surprised if – actually, I'm pretty sure that I know this already because I saw a little bit of this reaction. As soon as they basically give you the information that Travis Konechny is not playing, then everybody just chalks it up right then and there well, right. to begin with. And instead, you play a really competitive game. You don't give up anything until – you come out you make period
0: you, you make Igor Shastarkin make 39 saves mm-hmm. like you you come out and you absolutely pump Igor Starkin 40 shots uh you lose to you, you come out and you outplay one of the best teams in the league the best team in your division as of right now even though Carolina's on their heels a little bit here mm-hmm. you lose to a very 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 good goalie
1: Sure. And He's found the, his game lately, too. Let's not forget. And the single
0: biggest freak show superstar the NHL has seen in several years in Matt Rempe. Um. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we don't have to go in deep on the Matt Rempe thing because everyone's been doing it for two weeks and blah, 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 blah. But this kid comes in and tears an absolute path through the NHL through his first four games. And I know that he had kind of started to build the reputation when they come into Philadelphia. You had the Matt Martin outdoor fight. You had this, that, the Mm -hmm. other. That game on Saturday, so far, it's only been a couple of weeks. That game against the Flyers Rangers on Saturday was the peak of Matt Rempy's career, right? He has an absolute brawl with Nick Delorier. One of the best fights of the year. One of the best fights, honestly, one of the best fights in a very long time since since the 2012 lockout, maybe. Like, when's the last time we had a really good heavyweight brawl like that?
1: Because because more and more you're not finding guys who qualify as heavyweights. That's part of the equation. Exactly. Also, so. I
0: want Zidane Chara to come out of retirement just to fight Matt Rempe. <laughs> and I don't actually want him to because that will break Zidane Chara in half. But what <laughs> I'm saying is this kid comes in. He has an absolute showdown with Nick Delorier. It felt like a scene out of Goon. They set it up in the pregame. And then he squares the game winner off his knee. Yeah. The absolute peak of this kid's career so far and good for him. But that's what you lose to as a fly. If that's what it takes to beat you as a Flyers team. Well, unfair.
1: Could... That's fair. Cause I was that's, even going like to a get bottle out it. of that
0: Rangers team.
1: But, and that's why I was even going to go into it because you can look back at some of the other games that they lost, which, whichever ones you want to. And I, I don't even know if you can equate, like to be fair, it wasn't the devils have a lot of talent. In different yeah. areas, yeah. on especially, you know, on paper. And Nico Heischer had a really good game in the outdoor game, and they got contributions from depth guys, too. Like Nathan Bashin had two goals in that game, things like that. You obviously normally put the spotlight on Jack Hughes, though. Sure. That's their s- superstar. To me, more so than even Heischer at this point. Then Hisher, then Bratt and all of them. Jack Hughes is the guy to me who is Jack is their, the,
0: face, the face of that team,
1: the face of it, and the take over the game guy. Yeah. The day after the Ranger game, when they lose a game to Pittsburgh, it's the Sidney Crosby show again. He's yep. involved heavily in every part of this. Well, right? and
0: Cal Peterson can't stop a beat.
1: Well, we'll get to that part. I'm not. I'm not breaking down the game. I'm just talking about. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm. What I'm getting at is it goes in line with what happened right before the outdoor game. Austin Matthews hat trick before that, we already know the you know, McDavid McKinnon Kucherov. Now Kucherov we'll get back to yep. over the course of the last two weeks, but every single one of these guys has been, you know, whoever is the, whoever the takeover, the game guy is the elite talent has kind of feasted on the flyers in these games lately. So if you're going to tell me that they played the Rangers and Sure, Shisterkin's the guy who I guess becomes the steal the game, take over the game guy because a goalie always can, no matter what le- no, you know, no matter what tier you fall into, you know, even the guy in the lowest tier could have an incredible game and be sure. that guy. Absolutely. But, but my point being, I I go into the thing and I think Artemi Panarin had had one goal and nine assists in his previous five games. Nothing. Yep. You know, or you know, Vincent Trocheck's had a good year, or. Mika Zibanejad, who's killed the Flyers over the years, or Chris Kreider, who's killed the Flyers over the years. Nothing from any of them. Yep. Scoring chances, sure, but nothing. Sure. You know, I mean, even down to...
0: Sam Erson played
1: really well. well even But even down to, and, and eventually he still scored a goal, but Alexi Lafreniere had a great scoring chance and didn't score, like, right before he did. and. Right. And, and it, look, is it tough? Sure. And 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 I, like I like immediately, the first question that comes up is, do they win the game if they have me It's possible. It's very possible. It's possible. Yeah. You take your leading scorer off the ice. Oh, there's an there, offensive there, element. They had a, chances anyway.
0: There's a possibility that if Travis me had played over these last two weeks, the Flyers would be five and one or four, one and one or, you know, like their record would be better than the three, three and oh, that it currently well,
1: is because you have to look at the games when you look at the games that they lost. It's the the loss to the Rangers where maybe very, very more close. offense gets it gets it for you. It's hard to say. I mean, can played so well. Maybe connect me playing or not doesn't matter in that equation. I mean, let's be real. Also, in when you had the goalie pulled at the end of the game, you had a one timer set up for Morgan Frost that he missed, and yep. Sean Couturier got the bank off the end boards that he wasn't able to put short side right into you know into a, a basically a, an open net there too. It hit the post instead. Yeah, a couple opportunities, you know, a couple opportunities, but also a couple of inches one way or the other in different aspects of it. And you're looking at a tie game and that place was going to go nuts because. Absolutely. And and we'll get to the guy who actually scored a goal in that game a little later on. Yeah, we will. Because that's a different story. But. But that that's the whole equation with the Ranger game is you just were looking. You needed one and you couldn't get it on this guy. And, and Egor Shostakovich was right.
0: ridiculous. He built He was, but,
1: but it's not like the chances weren't there. Right. That's all. You just couldn't finish when it and, came down to it. And you, sometimes you threw you everything bounces, at him. And sometimes you and, don't. Exactly. Yep. And the Rangers, by the way, let's also not gloss over the fact that the Rangers had won nine straight coming into that game.
0: Yeah. Great team. You know, great so, team. Great goalie. Team and,
1: well, great team. And when you're hot, you're hot. And Absolutely. things sometimes go your way. And guess what happened the next day, by the way? They lost. Yep. You know, yep. to Columbus. So. All the energy that goes into defending 40 shots that come towards your goalie.
0: You you expend, they emptied the tank.
1: They sure did. And it it cost them the next day. when the the flyers made them like
0: Columbus. Yep. Now you would have liked to get the two points rather than just simply cost them the two points. But, you know, you'll take what you can get.
1: It's not even, you know what? Like, it's not even that I care that they lost the game. You would have loved to have been rewarded with one. Even if you lose the game in overtime because the Rangers are a better team than you are. Right you had played well enough to at least give yourself the shot to say, let's just see what the coin flip of three on three is.
0: Well, if and the very happen. and the very next day, you, you know, even though Cal Peterson, as previously mentioned, couldn't stop a beach ball, you were still only one goal away. And it it feels like the kind of game I know we were talking about, you know, the impact of missing Travis Konechny here. And mm-hmm. he would have either scored a hat trick or gotten kicked out or both. <laughs> Like it, that's because it was just that kind of game. It felt a little bit 2012. It felt a little oh, bit sure wild, right? The Flyers only led once and then spent the rest of the game kind of clawing back and trying to tie well, it. I'm going to um, tell you,
1: and I'm going to tell you what, like, you've already touched on what was frustrating about it, but it's, it's exactly so because the goal you have the goaltending average, was not good. Enough. You have average goaltending. You win that game. And yeah. the thing that was especially frustrating, like. They had just, I think if you have David Ayers in net, you win that game. Pittsburgh had just beaten Montreal earlier that week, but they had otherwise, since the All Star break, they came out of the All Star break and shut out Winnipeg 3 0, lost three in a row to Minnesota, Winnipeg again, and Florida, beat Chicago, which, who hasn't? Right. Kind of not, not a major accomplishment <laughs> at this point, lost to the Kings lost to the Islanders in overtime, then beat Montreal. And I'm looking at this this particular game. And <laughs> Well, and you have a chance this to kind of bury not, Pittsburgh. No, but, but that team is not good. Correct. I'm sorry. They're nope. not good. They have and a
0: couple of good players, but they are not a good team.
1: Because Yeah, you know why? Because go look at any of the games that they've lost. Go look at the one that they actually won but still gave up six goals in. They yep. don't get out of their own way. That's the whole that's the whole summary of what what their problem is, is they can't get out of their own way in one way or another.
0: No. And and honestly, as a Flyers fan, we love to see that.
1: And and And, for, and as much as I will give them credit for, hey, they followed up the Flyers game that they won with. They had to come back against Vancouver, no less, which Vancouver's kind of hit a rut right now, too. I get it. But they still had right. to come back against a team like that then just when it looks like, Oh, look now they're building momentum because, because that was the other one, right? Like the Pittsburgh game on Sunday, last Sunday was the next round of what the Jersey game was outdoors. It was, Oh, you have a chance. There's you. you came into that stadium series game up seven on the devils. Win the game in regulation, it's nine. Guess what? Look at the, look at the gap now, but lose it. It's five totally different story. And There was an element where people were waking up on Sunday with a doom and gloom feel like here it comes. Here comes the rut. They're going to, you know, here comes the collapse. Been a great run, but here comes the collapse. They still beat, you know, they still beat Chicago to kind of get it a little back on the rails for a light week. Lost to the Rangers, but everybody's kind of seemed to agree. the Process was good. They deserved a better fate than they got. They got goalied by Shusterkin. Okay, fine. And then as soon as they lose a game like that to Pittsburgh, it's here we go again, because now Pittsburgh is not knocked out of the competition. You had a chance to bury Pittsburgh and you didn't. So now it's the same situation, right? And all that has happened from last Sunday to this Sunday, and it's kind of this is also a two week thing with the Devils as well, is these two teams that could be in the playoff picture. I mean, they are technically, but you know what I mean. Work. They could right. be actually in the final playoff spot or hold up a playoff spot in general because the Devils came in with expectations based off of last year. Pittsburgh went out and made the, the blockbuster trade of the offseason. Yep. Got yep. Eric, Eric Carlson, Carlson. And not that uh, like not that I'm trying to sit there and say that what's going on is not a direct result of that, by the way, because. Eric Carlson's not there for defense, and if you want to go, no. And, no. and if you want to get an example of that, go watch Scott Lawton's shorthanded goal from that game on ew. Sunday.
0: Ew, ew,
1: Where um, where Carlson just completely blows by the whole thing. Like I don't need to stand here and take care of this guy. I'm no. just gonna follow the puck behind the net while I'm sh- while I'm on a power play. Yep. But I digress. Anyway.
0: Well, and and the fact that he still kind of can't skate in terms of getting back on recovery. Like his ankle is definitely still compromised
1: but it's just it it like it's the exact point that like you lose this critical game to the devils what or what everybody thinks is a critical game right and it's and it's and it's unique circumstances it's outdoors so you know there's there's a reason to believe like your goalie may not have had the best night but i don't think that that's him either because it's outdoors the angles are a little like it's it's so hard to give the goal right right like he looked and then not again, it's Chicago, but he looked fine against Chicago and then he played well against the Rangers. Yeah. You know, like, like, i will not even going to get it. I'm not even going to get no. the things but, with it. But, but uh, by the way, the, the devils are two and
0: four since that stadium series. But
1: that's my point. So you got the devils are doing that. And OK, the Penguins win a game against the Flyers that realistically what it changed was it kept fate in their hands because now they had four you know they still do honestly like i get it but they have four games in hand and you just from those games in hand they could make up the gap on the flyers
0: if 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 they win them all yeah if the flyers had beaten the penguins and everything else and everything else played out the same the flyers would currently have a 13 point gap on them for the for a playoff spot well, and which was 22 with 22 to 25 games left is that you're done. It's over.
1: Well, to be honest, and I know that it's not like I get that they have the fewest games played in the division. Yeah. And but the gap is nine points. It's tough. and well, and it's not even just that it's tough. You lose a game the way that they lost to Calgary on Saturday night. That game screams to me. This is over. Okay. It just does. I'm sorry. They, to me, they are the big of the teams that are right in this picture, they're the biggest non threat. Because I just don't see them getting out of their own way enough. Yeah, you and, blow and,
0: you blow a three one lead in the back half of the third period. For anybody that didn't stay up to watch the Calgary late game last night, Penguins blow a three goal lead in the third or a three one lead in the third period to lose four three el- regulation. There's and-
1: an element where there there's there an element where there's that's part of the script, right? That the final score was three four on the score bug and it was the night they retired Mika Kiprasov's number. That's cute. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, that's man. that's oh. cute. It just it, it lined up pretty perfectly. Yeah. Um. And and so to me the biggest thing beyond that is so Pittsburgh can't get out of their own way, the Devils haven't gotten out of their own way either. As we just mentioned, you know. You really are back to watching among this group of four teams that have kind of all been trading places lately. You're now back to watching two, and it's a I don't want to say it's completely a different two, but it's like it's like three of them rotate positions to give make them the primary focus. Yeah, because a couple of weeks, like at one point in time, fairly recently, it was Pittsburgh that was in the we, that we were talking about and we weren't talking about Washington. And now you're talking about Washington again and you're not really going to talk about Pittsburgh. Right. And and and
0: we're getting to the point in the season where there's just not enough road left where teams are going to, when they fall out of it, they're going to fall out of it pretty permanently. I'll tell you what a
1: bigger problem is. Okay. And I'm not like, we're going to, again, we're going to get to the trade deadline stuff in a couple minutes. I know, but like right now to this point, you can look at what the Flyers have done collectively through the course of the season and say, there's a lot of things that are positive about what. Danny Breer and Keith Jones have done. Generally speaking, obviously there's a lot of praise for how John Tortorella has gotten the most out of the team. As far and as that, I'm
0: concerned, this season is already a success.
1: I hear you. No, that's not where I'm trying to go with it. What no, I'm that's fine. Try, yeah. Like if you're trying to pick based off of, well, they're in a playoff spot and here's four teams that are behind them, chasing them. I sit there and I look, and I go in Pittsburgh. Kyle Dubas is already getting questions because it's you traded for Eric Carlson. Yeah. That's gotten you nowhere. Like, yep. I know what you're trying to do to maximize the core. And now you're sitting in a position where what do you do with Jake Gensel? Cause he's one of the, like he's most he's one of the big names out on there. The market. Yep. Yeah. The,
0: they they the rallied point. a little bit and kept themselves in it enough that the talk quieted down. And also Gensel got hurt. But now that, now that they're falling back out of it, I wonder if they looked to be able to deal.
1: No. And, and I believe I saw on social media over the course of the last, 12 I'll say 12 hours more than anything because it was okay. once the game was over the Dubas kind of had a like they even Dubas like threw a fit during the game last night that's funny he's like like something happened and and people even said it was basically a Cam Neely moment Ooh. if and it, like if you know what I mean Cam Neely yeah. water bottle moment if you know yeah. what I mean
0: yeah um he's had a couple of
1: those but it's but it's all in his. And people are gonna people are gonna look at him. People are gonna look at Mike Sullivan. People are gonna look at you know think about what what it means for the core. Let's again let's not forget with Pittsburgh they went out and resigned Malkin and Latang and are trying to squeeze every last ounce right. of juice they out said, of this thing. They and set it,
0: themselves up for a three or four year window here.
1: So they thought anyway. They're right. sitting in seventh place in the division right now.
0: That's what I'm saying. They, you know, they, well, they put their eggs in the basket for kind of a three-year window, and sure, that basket doesn't smell too great right now.
1: No, so you got that. You've got with with the Devils. You've got people who are watching that little stretch. Like, hey, the Stadium Series was all fun and good. You said what two and four since then? Correct. And definitely occasions where Fire Lindy's been trending on social.
0: That has reared its ugly head again. You know what I mean? And... So, like,
1: I'm just saying, yep. so if you've got people who are out there putting out there fire the coach yep. 60 games into the season of a you know of a year where you're still technically in a playoff picture, or at least where you had expectations and you're three quarters of the way through and you're still not there, <laughs> what does that tell you? Yep, you know. Washington has a negative, regardless of what happened, and we'll get into the Washington game as well over the course of this week. But Washington has a negative thirty goal differential, and Crazy. as much as they've played better lately, it doesn't change the fact that that's been their makeup for a chunk of the year.
0: They've been bad for and a then, large and, chunks of the year,
1: and then even like even the Islanders for being the next closest team as we speak this this Sunday morning. Yep, being five points back of the Flyers have been largely inconsistent since the coaching change and already by oh by the way how about throw that wrinkle in that they changed it, the coach after Patrick was
0: here. the coach right
1: right like you none look, of these teams are without flaws right who's the most stable
0: situation here Philadelphia New York or Washington
1: it's still Philly at this
0: point the, exactly that's what I'm saying the the coach isn't changing the team or the uh GM isn't changing the roster isn't materially changing you maybe a trade of Sean Walker or Nick sealer, but but, you know,
1: but think about something, actually, this is a perfect way to look at it. Okay. The Rangers are leading the division and have everything kind of lined up. Yeah. Right. They've built, built a solid successful team They're They've, this is not the first time they've been near the top of the division going toward the playoff, you know, toward the playoffs, all that stuff. And the only key difference is that after things fell apart in the playoffs last year, They made a coaching change. So here's Peter Laviolette first year. That's about it. But you know, but you know, that's stable right now. And you know, and you know that they feel stable with, you know, with their management situation because Chris Drury's running the show and that's
0: totally their, their goaltending is stable. Their roster is pretty stable. The the New York Rangers are a pretty stable organization at this point in time.
1: Okay. So go to the next one in line, Carolina. You, what you see is what you get from that team. You know who the coaches, you know who the management is. Nothing changes with that right now.
0: Other than the occasional financial question about will the owner be willing to pay everybody? Other than that, that's a pretty stable That's an off-season
1: question. I'm talking about for in-season changes. There's nothing coming. Don O'Dell is still running the show general manager-wise. Rod Brindamore is your coach. There's nothing more to be said. And then you go to the Flyers who have, you know, big changes in the off-season leading in. But, you know, technically so did the Rangers. The Rangers made a coaching change last year. So it doesn't change anything. Yep. You've got your front office set up. You've got your coach. And then every the remaining five have all done something. Yep. The Islanders fired their coach. The Capitals, okay, no management change, no coaching change, but it was a slow grind to get there. And well, and, and there's and, been and, and, some and, and, turmoil and want,
0: in the locker room too. I was
1: gonna say if you want the oddity, it's yeah. Alex Ovechkin's not having typical well, Alex Ovechkin year. Well,
0: and, and that's have- kind of
1: rubbed off on everything else.
0: Well, and they have the whole of getting Kuznetsov situation where he entered the players assistance program, he returned from the players assistance program, they just waived him the other day. I, you never know how that's going to affect a team just because the situation seems funky at best.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I um, know.
0: It's it is what it is though. But but it, as it sits here right now, like like you said, out of all these teams that are kind of contending, the Flyers are
1: but you've got, uh, that's what I'm saying. You have the devil, yeah. you, but I'm saying the devils are, you got people calling for the coach. You're going to yep. have with Pittsburgh. You're going to have people calling for both the coach yeah. and, and, and probably do this already as yeah. much as he's a new GM, they're going to be calling for it because, well,
0: because you only have three years of Sidney Crosby left and he's been there longer than the management has.
1: Sure. And <laughs> like, then, and, and then obviously Columbus has done both this year. Columbus had a coaching well, yeah. change. Well, a coaching change after the coaching change.
0: expectations were a little different for Columbus. Well, that,
1: well, because that's what started it all off to begin with. Yeah. It was this well, is how it's gonna be. The Babcock even, thing was the first part of it. I was gonna say, and, even and, if Mike Babcock was their coach,
0: they still weren't gonna be a very good team.
1: No, but once that happened, it put that's what put Yarmo on the hot seat and then it just kind of boiled over from there to where they are and that situation's wild. If yeah. if Columbus was a bigger market, that would get so much attention. Um <laughs> But it's just like, that's what's interesting to me about this is yeah. every time it looks like like there have been th- three times over the course of these six games, three times. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, well, no, because we're not lumping in the stadium series. because We talked about that last show. So okay. it's not one of the three, but they haven't lost a game. Like, seriously, since Feb since the All-Star break, they haven't lost a game in regulation to a team that's outside of the division. Huh. It has not happened.
0: I mean, that bodes bodes pretty poorly given the current playoff setup in the NHL. Like, I'm serious. <laughs>
1: like, like you, well, I know, but you go look. It's Florida, Winnipeg, Seattle, Arizona, four-game winning streak, overtime loss to Toronto. There's the first one. Okay, you lose in regulation to the Devils outdoors. You beat Chicago, lost to the Rangers, lost to Pittsburgh, beat Tampa, lose to Washington, come back, beat Ottawa. Yep. So the point I'm making with that is, is that the only four regulation losses they've got since the all-star break are all divisional. And as such, maybe a little less on the Ranger side of things, I'll say from the Ranger game, but the other three have all been like turned into the next day. The sky is falling because it has such major implications or so it's, or, or so it seems anyway, because that was, that was what was take. Well, like that's what you take out of to an extent the Pittsburgh game, and then Pittsburgh gives it right back and tells you and makes it seem like nope, you know, you you tried to give it to us and we're giving it back. <laughs> we're giving it right back to you. You know, and, and Jersey's done the same thing. Quite frankly, at this point, and I'm just gonna pull up their I'll pull up their schedule really quick because just to get a feel for it. Well,
0: speaking of schedules, I do have the Flyer schedule. You only have two more divisional games this month. It's Carolina and, and the, the Rangers York, again, yeah. Both at the end of the month.
1: Well, because, and, because they are all in yep. April, like right. April, they play oh, like I know. five it's of them. It's almost, I know that almost they, entirely start, they start April with the Islanders. I know that. So they start April with Islanders, the Islanders,
0: Buffalo, Columbus, Montreal, they and have then, another one with the Rangers in there. And too, then bro. you end with Rangers, Devils, Caps to end right. the season. Yeah. You play eight games in April and four, or I'm sorry, seven games and three of them are against the division.
1: Oh, no, four. I'm sorry. Four. Yeah, four. yeah. No, four no I was were... going to say it should be, it's more than half. Yep. Yeah. Because because the only non divisionals they have in April are like you said, there's a Buffalo game thrown in there. They play Montreal. A little road trip: Buffalo, Columbus, Montreal. No, Columbus is divisional. Oh, you're right. Oh, heard
0: man, I know that realignment happened in like 2010 or whatever year that happened. I still think it's a four team division.
1: I hear you. Um, the,
0: old, uh, the old Atlantic division. So
1: here, but here, so here's where I'm getting with this. So Washington has in front of them right now, and this is where this is going to get really interesting. Washington has in front of them for the coming week, Arizona on Sunday afternoon, which, okay, listen, if this is the interesting part though, because both teams are technically out of the playoff picture. Right? So it's not like, like evens things out to an extent, like anything could happen here. Right. So, but this is their opportunity, right? Like, if they beat Arizona, they've got Pittsburgh on the schedule for Thursday. If they beat Pittsburgh, somebody's got to win right, that game. Right. And St. Well, and so they got Chicago, too. Well, that's fair. They should win Chicago, right? Should. Yeah. But then guess look at their gauntlet coming up after the trade deadline. Winnipeg, Edmi- Winnipeg Edmonton, Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, all on the road. Cool. They're doing their a week, They're doing their like swing nine, right eight. after the
0: trade deadline. Yes. Oh, that's tough.
1: Only to come home and play. Ready for this? Four game homestand Toronto, Carolina, Winnipeg, Detroit. Whew. Then go on the road for a quick a quick roadie against Toronto, then back home for Boston, and that takes you into April. Whew. By the by the oh, way, nasty. in case anybody's crazy interested in the possibility of what this could mean of all what all this could mean, the last game of the regular season for both the Flyers and the Capitals is each other.
0: Yep. And that could be that could be a game. That could be um, the game.
1: Something very interesting about that game, though. So the Flyers' schedule is they wrap up that t- that Tuesday night in April against the Capitals. Yeah, but they'll have played the previous game the Saturday before against the Devils.
0: Two days off going into that game.
1: At this, and that's a five PM start on that Saturday, correct? Yeah, yeah. Just because I I know that that's one of the games on there. The yeah. Capitals on the same Saturday will play Tampa at five thirty. Which is Ooh. that's no picnic, right? They have It Depends Boston, on they where Tampa's oh, Sure, they have Boston the Monday night before, oh. and then have to play Philly, and, and it's a back to back. Yes. Ooh.
0: Okay. So listen, this we gotta we gotta keep it in the current. We gotta keep it trade deadline We are oh, not Start no, fantasizing no, about the week here, before oh, the playoffs well, yet?
1: Here's no because here, what I'm where I'm trying to go with it is is that yeah. I, I I'm I believe it was brought up on. I think it was brought up on like either the pregame or intermission show. One of the, one of these that you'd rather be in the flyers position at this point than any of the other teams when you're chasing it, you don't want to be the team that has to win the games when it's especially rather be the team with the five. Like, and I think, I think we brought this up before too. Like, the Flyers have played more games than any team in the division this year to this yep. point. Yep. They're at 62, which, by the way, let's lump that part into this conversation because it feels hard to believe that we're sitting at 20 games left until this regular season runs left. over. Yep. 20 left. That's yep. it.
0: Remember when we were sitting here 20 games in going, oh, they'll fall off. They're not this
1: good. <laughs> I know. Um. So everybody's got something that, that they can like to make up on this team. Like the Islanders have two. Washington's got three. Devils have two Pittsburgh still got four. Like that's what even keeps all of these teams in the conversation. Right. You know, the Islanders can make up four points without the flyers getting to do anything. And the gap is five. That creates conversation. Washington's six back and has three games in hand. It's an even split. They can still match them. The devils are seven back with two in hand. Okay. That would cut it to three. If they win those, even Pittsburgh, if they won all four would cut it to one, you know, like, That's what like that's what keeps the conversation moving right now. But to me, when you look at those games and you know that you have games in hand. They're still must wins for you to get back into the picture. So the pressure still rides on you. You've got to do your part now. The Flyers have already won certain games to set themselves apart in this thing. They're already in the spot. It's not like they're sitting there in, you know, let's it's not not like let's flip flop the Islanders and the Flyers and say now they're the first team out. Right. And. They And they've got two extra games where it's like, oh, you now need a team to lose just to stay well, close. Well, no, it's the other way around. They need to win their games to get to you.
0: Absolutely. And if the situation was reversed and the Flyers were in the Islanders spot, uh, just to kind of maybe look toward the trade deadline a little bit here, uh, you wouldn't be – it wouldn't be a question, should they trade Sean Walker? It wouldn't be a question, should they trade Nick Sealer? We'd be sitting here going, get what you can get. Get anything. <laughs> Because we we're out of it, right? right. If, if if the Flyers are five points out, well, that's what they're, I said about the- selling Sealer, they're selling Walker, trade everybody. We're not making the playoffs. Well, that's
1: no to go back to the previous week's games too. That's what I was saying about the Cal Peterson thing. Right? If if Cal Peterson gives up seven goals to the Penguins and you lose a game to the Penguins at the end of February and you're where everybody thought you were going to be, nobody cares. You're going to keep Cal Peterson for the rest of the year anyway. At that point.
0: But because you are where you are, he gets you raised.
1: give. Yeah. So you set you put him on waivers and you give Felix Sandstrom a shot. You
0: you put him on a bus back to Lehigh Valley
1: and you give Felix Sandstrom a shot at least to see what happens. And
0: so and, and
1: good on Felix Sandstrom for having a really solid game in his first time out. Now, I will I will say this before we go too deep into it. Yeah. Cal, no, Cal Peterson's first game wasn't half bad either as the backup. No, fair. Like that game against Seattle, he gave up two goals. One of them wasn't even going to be close to his fault because it was off of Sean Couturier's stick. You know, so he played really, he
0: played really solid in that game. So,
1: but but this this is what like as soon as you got this, yeah, this this is unacceptable, right? Right, and 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 the only question was was it worth another opportunity? And they didn't feel it was so. Now you get can sure. see what Sandstrom can do. And it, and if um, he
0: goes down and puts four solid performances together in Lehigh Valley and, you know, Sandstrom has an opportunity and struggles a little bit, then maybe we maybe we look at it again. But right. I also kind of expect Sam Erson to play a lot of hockey down the stretch here.
1: Oh, whoever, so. whoever it is at this point, you can like I'm pretty certain I can pinpoint exactly which which games. Okay. And I know that I know that there's only a handful of back to backs left, and that's probably most, most of them, of them. Yeah. like like you're the next like at this point in time here's what i think is going to happen so you used sandstrom against ottawa so arison's going to go against st louis because he, he just got the night off so arison's yeah, right. going against st louis arison's going against florida arison's going against tampa yeah pretty simple stuff yep i wouldn't be shocked if they thought that maybe they could squeeze a start out of sandstrom against san and jose, san jose. Right. Just to try because-
0: to because Airstram's gonna play all of them after that because you go Toronto, Boston, well, Toronto, Carolina, Boston, Florida, the Rangers. That's that's a hell stretch, right? Well, no, there. he's
1: he's well that is, the stretch of games is you're gonna have to play Sandstrom against either Boston or Florida. Probably Florida.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Saturday afternoon, one o'clock start against Boston. Sunday evening against Florida. (sighs) Eh, You know what? If you had two days off after, I could say you do it with only one day. I don't think you do. I think you're right. I think you get um, Sandstrom in there for one of those. Well,
1: so let and let's pull back for a second. So just because here's the thing too. I think you're gonna play him in one of those two games, depending on how everything is going. Okay. Like true. Like if you here would be my like, and I'm not even like to me. My goal would be because. Playtime's over once they fi- finished with the St. Louis game because yes. then then you're up against the deadline and these 10 games start and I'm lumping San Jose into the group of 10 because it's because the it one just outlier. happens
0: to be there. Well,
1: right? it's because it's the one outlier. Yeah. Like as much as it's a game that you pretty much must win in the middle of all of this because of the level of competition
0: because of everybody else you're playing. Right? right.
1: I'm still lumping it into the 10 because I'm literally at this point. If If you're trying to talk playoffs and you're looking at what could be. Oh, this is it can, well uh, you know it's not just this is it but like i'm looking at that 10 and i'm going if you can find a way to split these yeah like that's i think that's ideal i i don't disagree with that you know and i, I don't I, I i don't know where the split comes from you know like, <laughs> in, like, like in terms of which games it would be like like Might you've got one
0: of those
1: like three four three splits. Well, the only one that I can tell you is, is that you you better beat San Jose. Yes. After that, pick four of them. I agree. There's, there's nine other games. Pick go, four. Go find some points. Well, that that's, too. That's, that's, you that's, know, I'll level. I'll level with you there. Even if you're not winning them, if you, you gotta find points. I think you need to come away with minimum eight points, ideally ten out of the okay. 10 game stretch. Okay. I'm gonna give you and I'll like and I'll give you I'll spot you two with the San Jose game that you should win.
0: They're gonna ten. lose that San Jose game and Twitter's gonna go ballistic.
1: If I mean if they do it's <laughs> right.
0: Yeah so, I hear you. But right but, but so, bottom line is,
1: and then so so that's one of them. So like I said maybe you maybe go the San Jose game for the backup you're gonna have to split the Boston Florida one the back, the somewhere back. in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would potentially, potentially give whoever the backup is a start against Chicago. Okay. Just okay. to just to break it. Up a little. Well, especially if it goes the way that I think it's gonna go, because if Harrison starts the three this week, doesn't start the San Jose game, then gets let's say five in a row to get to the Florida game. That's part of the back to back. So yeah. Sandstrom's got to go against Florida just because that's how it maps out. Then you give Harrison two more games on the road against the Rangers and Montreal. You could possibly spot, you know, Sandstrom a start there against Chicago to have Harrison only play two during that little stretch right. to come back, play the Islanders, get three days. I would probably give Arison Buffalo, give Sandstrom or backup in, or insert uh, backup here, Columbus. And, and then so prob- much of that depends then, on
0: how many points you need to
1: and then honestly from there probably ride it out with Harrison.
0: Almost definitely because at that point you start warming him up. So.
1: Well, not even that, but at that point it's four games yeah. over the course of like 10 days. Right. Exactly. So. And and he'll have just had a stretch where it's like okay, listen, you just you know, if you're giving Sandstrom six out of the seven games in April, it's six it's six starts in 16 days though.
0: Yeah. It's it's no joke. Like it's, it's a good workload. Like it's, well,
1: no, it's a good workload, but it's not any. It's not going to be compared to March. Like it's right. actually good relief to kind of refresh. Right. That's what about, I'm saying. As right. opposed to what he's going to play, which is three this week, probably five over a nine day span the next week, and then again you're trying to fill it in. But that's why I think like I think that at that point you're looking at like I said, you're that that would be what San Jose, Florida, Chicago, and Columbus. Let's just say so that's four more. Yep. And they said before the Ottawa game, four or five, sounds about right. Like I, I think it's exactly where it is. And and you don't have to like like they. they there's a way that they could place uh, Harrison against Chicago and just leave it at that. Like, so and, and, and maybe look, maybe maybe your answer is how well the ten games go. Right. Well, and maybe maybe
0: your answer comes from your general manager. As we get into the trade deadline here, mm-hmm. do you think there's a chance that the Flyers make a move for our goalie? Now, I don't think it's gonna be a huge move. They're not going out and getting, you know, a starter. But do they go out there and do they pick up a backup? Right. Cause obviously we know Carter Hart won't be returning. His money is safe to be cleared. Um, you can there's Jake Allen out there. There's there's a couple different names that have kind of floated around. Like, do you think anything makes sense for the Flyers?
1: <sighs> do I think it makes sense? No. Okay. Is there a chance? I'm not going to say there's no chance. Okay. Because Briere kind of, like, left the door open for they're not taking anything off the table, and that included adding. And I don't think they mean by adding, like, oh, they're going to go out and be players for anything, because that would require first and second. And they're not doing that. but. But if I say
0: this, think... this is a reward the guys for having a great season by picking up a backup. What, to this, make it...
1: this is what I like. I said this earlier on 973 this week, too, when I was asked about it, if you can get somebody for like a sixth or a fifth, maybe like I could see them potentially doing that, but
0: it's hardly worth it at that point.
1: Well, and it depends on how much of a lateral move it is. If it's if, if you're you're getting somebody at this point like. Here's what I'll say about this kind of because my I think my opinions changed a little bit on this okay. since being a- asked about it earlier last week because because really the question came up after the after Peterson's game against Pittsburgh of course right. and at that given moment because I didn't think they were going go to go the well like this this early I didn't think it was coming like hey within a day it's or a couple days it's Peterson's on waivers so Sandstrom's coming up Sandstrom back up right and that means that Sandstrom's going to be given his shot now. Because if they hadn't gone there yet, and you're still waiting for the deadline, then I'm sitting here kind of going like, I, not that I don't understand it, but it's like, if you're, look, if you're going to ride it out partially with Peterson, what's the lateral move, you know, or not the lateral move, but it's like, is, is everything just a lateral move or are you actually making improvement? And. In Sandstrom's case, I wonder if getting a call up now, despite what the numbers looked like in the minors, which weren't very good. Sure. Is this like a fresh start for him where it's like, I want to do like, I want right. to step into this now. I was here last year. Right. And he it was didn't solid go very... last. Well, he was no, solid at points last year, but it didn't go very well in terms of results. No, of course. Like the guy played in 20 games last year and got three wins one of them being the very last start and game and game of the season. Like it was the team's last game of the season. He got the start and they won the game in overtime. Right. You know? Um, So for me, I wonder if it's a fresh start for him and that he looks at it as an opportunity to still be around here, despite everything like you, you show up, you know, the numbers in the minors, what they are, you show up at the NHL level and play your first game and your numbers are blank.
0: Absolutely, For and he and he looked good on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. And
1: Ottawa, look, I'm I, I'm not trying to downplay it because is not a great team. We get it, but but it's the same thing. Oh, they're better right.
0: than, the, than an AHL team. He was just playing well, against.
1: Fair enough. And I look at what Cal Peterson did against Seattle, and I had thought after that game it wasn't a, he didn't face a lot of shots, but he kept he had kept him in a game, made enough good saves to be, I think, to be worthy of another start. And then when the other start happened, it was it was not just that it was bad. It was so bad. He, he he has a bad start against Pittsburgh and gives up four goals. And I think it's just a bad start. And it's and it's there's other reasons why you don't win the game.
0: Uh, of course. Or even if the team does manage to score six, maybe you win that game, but it doesn't necessarily look the best.
1: Right. But and at that point, right. then he probably still gets another shot because at Absolutely. least you, like like that's the, that's the weird thing. Like I'm sitting here saying because at least he kept you in like it, he kept you in the game. Right. Like technically he you were in this game, too. <laughs> Right. At seven six. It's just you score six goals. You better win the game.
0: And, and even the way that whole game felt, it felt like they were chasing it. But
1: right. But like my so my point though is, is that so Sandstrom come now off of that first game is gonna have a two, you know, two is his goals against the average, and and he has finished with a nine twenty-three save percentage. Yeah. That'll get it done as a backup. You're just d- you're not looking for like like it's not like they're trying to find a new starter.
0: No, you're just looking for a guy You're looking for a capable a backup couple, for right. five games. Play a couple games down the stretch here and jump in if God forbid Sam Martin gets hurt in the playoffs. Like
1: that's well, that's that's a different story to me. What, and of course, right? But that's well, that's all well, you're looking for, for out, for out what, of him at well, the most. And for what for what it's worth, whether whether this was Peterson, whether this you know is and turns out to be for the rest of the season, Sandstrom. I you know we'll see where it goes. Obviously, right? It doesn't matter to me they're not either way i don't think either of those two guys is the backup next year
0: that's probably fair
1: and it and and, and i'm not trying to pave the way for alexei kolosov either in that sense okay. like kolosov's probably your primary starter in the minors i'm okay. saying they go out and they get somebody else next year for sure
0: okay the backup I, go- I think that makes a lot of sense fra- when you fra- lose like, a like, guy who was in your organization for several well, years and go, to, to be your starter
1: and go, go look at the, like, if you go look at the list of goalies that are going to be free agents, there's plenty of backup quality guys there. So if you want to figure yeah. out, like, like if you're going to go into next year and the goal is okay, you know, as much as Sam Harrison already is going to have had like roughly half a season to show that he's starter capable, number one capable to an extent, it's still not going to be a big enough sample to wrap your whole future around him. Should Sam Erson be in the Calder conversation? Um, that's a bit of a layered question right now, because okay. I'm well, and I'll, the reason I'm saying is is that yes, I think he should be to and like to some extent. I still think you know Bedard is up there, and I think Brock Faber is the next guy who I would put in line. Yeah. But if you're struggling to find a third, I think Arison's a reasonable. He, flyer should, to he should get some hefty ballot love um can i met the reason i'm saying it's a layered question is can i mention somebody else who's is, there a
0: a, is there another flyer who you'd uh maybe vote above him in the call um, there's
1: another flyer who's doing a lot of things lately that should be turning heads right now so i'm gonna bring him up so let's get yeah to him. let's
0: let's talk about maybe my favorite flyer over the last 10 games or so since he's come back from injury so so since the ranger game yeah tyson forester man Tyson Forrester, man. Like, this is the guy that we've talked about here on this show since he was drafted, right? Like, we, we've been maybe not super duper on the Tyson Forrester train just because things were so difficult drafted kind of during one of the weird COVID drafts and blah, blah, blah. But,
1: oh, uh, no, you... no. He, he was the ultimate weird draft guy. Right. That was, that was the draft that was in October. Right. And, and, then he didn't have a team to basically go back and play on because they still weren't playing junior hockey at the time. So he started as a phantom. Yep. I still think that that to an extent paid huge dividends for Oh, him.
0: entirely. He, he got a year to learn how to be a professional at the professional level in, at in 18 a bit years of a old. right in a bit of a weird year where you kind of get a little bit of that uh, bonded by fire type of type of situation. Sure. Um, But he comes in, that season has 17 points in 24 games nothing to scoff at as a, a again a first year professional playing leagues above where he should be playing at this point in time right, right? if every, if everything's normal he's still in juniors he's still in the o he ends up going back to the o next year puts up 11 points in 13 games splits mm-hmm. some time with the phantoms things were really funky during covid okay sure real funky <laughs> <laughs> but like and and he did make his nhl debut the next year scored a couple of points but this is the like last year but this is the first time he's really stuck the first time he's really a roster member at this point in time and he has 16 goals and like what five or six of them since he's come back from injury
1: six since coming back yeah um in six games I'm trying to do the math in my head. I'll, I'll check it in a 2nd so well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, I, I wanted to look at his other numbers first. Cause yeah. you were just bringing up all the other stuff and, and the back and forth and all that. Right. Um, he, you know, so, uh, little...
0: five games. Yeah. Since so, the game.
1: So that little sampling from last season, three goals, seven points in eight games. Everybody got really excited about that. Yeah. and, he started this year off you know kind of trying to find you know find the scoring touch it took it took a while he wasn't even fully in the lineup at the beginning of the year he didn't score a goal until November 18th that's his first goal of the season and 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 otherwise by that point he had three assists otherwise right Uh, so and this is Going to be part of like he had one other run kind of like this because he scored twice against the Devils at the end of November, both on deflections. You'll definitely remember the second one because that was the it was a game tying goal that got it to overtime in the final minute of the third period. Okay, he scored again the following game against Pittsburgh. He scored again when they played Pittsburgh again the following Monday. That was the game that went to overtime that Couturier won the game on the odd man rush. Um, and then, so there was that, that was that little burst. So he had had one goal prior to that. So that was, you know, now it's three, four, five, all of a sudden, a little bit of a hot streak. He then didn't score another goal until January 12th. Okay. So you're talking from December 4th to January 12th. He, he didn't score a goal. That's when he finally got number six, January 12th.
0: He got hurt shortly thereafter, right?
1: Well, he scored a goal against Colorado in a home game. Um, had two, had two kind of meaningless ones against Boston before they went into the uh, All Star break. Okay. So since coming out of the All Star break, he scored against Winnipeg. By the way. Oh, okay. Okay. Two games back, he did, wasn't able to play. Like the injury happened right after they played Seattle. Okay. So. He he was out for a little stretch of time there. And then since coming back, he's got scored, scored. Obviously the only goal that they got against the Rangers yep. scored two against Pittsburgh the next day, yep. scored against Tampa, scored two against Ottawa. And if you lump in the fact that you go back to roughly right around the all star break that he had scored against Winnipeg and had two against Boston as well, he doesn't just have like the, he doesn't just have the six over the five games since coming back from injury. You add three more, so he's got nine over the course of nine games. Is that good? It's good when you only have 16 on the year. Right. So it
0: seems like Tyson Forrester is warming up at the right time. If, man,
1: it's If exciting. you look at him scoring goals, like he scored a couple, like he scored that couple against, um, against Boston, scores against Winnipeg, right? And as he goes to get hurt, right, right before he gets hurt. Yeah. You're looking at the fact that he was sitting on 10 at that point. Cause obviously now he's up to 16. He's got six over the last five. Yeah. So he was sitting on 10 at that point. If you would have it, like to say that 20 was a possibility felt like a joke. Oh yeah. In February. Like, come on. It's not happening that way.
0: Not not for a young kid. First real season in the NHL. Like Now, come on. This is, we've seen the best hockey out of Tyson. But Florida. they've he's got, got 10 goals, blah, blah, blah.
1: But they've got 20 games left and he needs four.
0: And the, the way he played this week. And because, by the way, it, they haven't been lucky shot, funky bounce, here, this, that, the other. These are goal scorers' goals. Sure. And he is going to goal scoring areas, making great plays, putting the puck in the freaking net. And that is very exciting to see. And he's starting to play with confidence. And he's starting to play with a little bit of swagger. And he he's going to mesh in really nicely with the forward core based on what I've seen out of him so far. And like, obviously he has been but right. If, if you can add him over the course of the next couple of years, you add him up to your top six with your connect knees and with your, you know, eventually Mitch Kovs, things are going to get real fun. Like well, he's, he needs- I'm, I'm starting to see Tyson Forrester as a piece of
1: that future. I hear you there. I mean, the thing that he's got to do, and, and like I think, like I think the Ottawa game was a great example of this because the Ottawa game he had seven shots on goal, which is by far like, like he's starting to fire the puck. Well, he it's not that he's starting to, it's that's what he needs to do if, like, especially if the confidence starts going up. Because let me tell you something in common about all the other games beforehand, and he was already scoring on occasion in these games, but yeah. just something in common for it, like. When they played, he didn't score against Washington, obviously. He didn't have a shot on goal in the game. Um, The game before that was the Tampa game. He did score a goal. Only two shots on goal, though. Uh, The game before that was the Pittsburgh game. He had two goals, three shots on goal, though. Yep. Ranger game, he had four. All right, that's better. But then before that, it was two, 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 you know, pretty consistently. Like, yeah. he doesn't have many games where you sit there and you go, hey, this is a guy who's trying to take, you know, four, five, six shots a game. There's occasional ones, but like, if that can be the norm, if he becomes a guy who wants to shoot to the level that Owen Tippett has found, I, I was team, gonna
0: say Tyson Forrester's new roommate on the road is Owen Tippett, His new partner on the bus is and Owen Tippett. Still got
1: work to do. Don't get me wrong. Like, of course, Tippett still misses the net a lot, but but
0: the volume is there,
1: right? Like, if if that's a guy who you can get a lot of, you know, from a shooting perspective, if that's a guy you can get a lot of shots out of from a, you know every game and can kind of keep building towards something, you know, and, and, and let's be real about something with Tippett, by the way, that he, he's coming like still relatively coming back from an injury. I'm not saying that like it's recent. He came back after the all-star break, right? Like you're almost a month removed from that, but he's probably still trying to get a feel for it back as well. Like he hasn't scored a ton since coming back from that. Right. You know, he in in fact, I'm going to try to just see if I can find that number because, He was ready to play as soon as the All-Star break was over. He scored one goal against Arizona, had two in the outdoor game against Jersey, where it looked like, oh, he's finding it again. Right. And then went four more games at a goal, scored against Washington. You know, so he's only got four goals since coming back from injury, and he had 18 going into that. Like, we were sitting here talking to like, like for him, same thing. Like, you're down to 20 games left, and as, as easily as he can go on a hot streak and put up five, six, seven goals in a short period of time, Sure. He might, and he, he might stay kind of inconsistent for the rest of the year. And you're looking like he might barely break 25 because of that. Right. Like at one point in time, it looked like there was no doubt. He's going to shatter what he had last year because he's on that pace. Then the injury happened. Then he's come back and he hasn't scored as much. Thirty's not a given anymore with him. No, I agree. You know, it um, just isn't. And it was, he, and it felt like it was at one point in time. But, he but is what still is still putting pucks is, on that. Right. But what is yeah. consistent is like he'd, you know, 10 shots against the Rangers,
0: six shots against the Capitals on Friday. Like he's still putting up big shot games.
1: Well, because the, he had 10, then obviously the night that we talked the most about or the game we talked about most with Owen Tippett was the Dallas okay. game where he had the highlight real goal. That was the, that was the first time he put up 10 goal or 10 shots on goal this season. Right. Right. I mean, he, you know, he immediately follows it up by the way with, um, or I'm sorry. No, no, no. He had, I'm sorry. He had taken 10 against St. Louis. He only took five that night against Dallas. I'm sorry. Okay. But th- so that was the follow up to 10. Um, of course, like the next game, he had none. <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, but then, it it slowed down a little like three three. Here's another five couple fours. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait, what's this? He took 10 in the outdoor game alone. Next game against Chicago, five more next game against the Rangers, 10 more. You know, and then it's funny because what ends up happening against Pittsburgh? He only had one. Not a factor against Tampa. He didn't, have, you know, he didn't do the scoring in the Tampa game. They scored that Tampa game. They scored five goals in the third period, and he's not a factor in any of them. Not a goal, not an assist. Any of that only had two shots. Right. You know, just that line wasn't the line that was going against Washington. He has a goal and an assist. Took six shots on goal.
0: You I, know, I did just want to mention, by the way, Owen Tippett, 10th in the league in shots. So that's what I was looking for here. Tenth in the league in shots, so he like fires the block, Man, it's the
1: opposite of Nick Sealer.
0: Yes, and it Nick is the opposite of Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer blocks all the shots. Um, man, that guy's a maniac.
1: That he is, is a maniac. Absolute so, maniac. I, I don't want to stay on it for too long. I want to finish with Forrester for a second. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. with with the, the here's the important thing about what Forrester did too. By the way, is okay. Look, there's no rhyme or reason to. Like him in the spot with the first goal that he scores because it's just you know good you know good play off a of face off get into a situation where you have a shot and take it and take it yeah you know that's just playing a game or whatever the play he makes to get the breakaway in the final seconds though that's it's the one that that's the play. one that tells you he can be a game changer
0: yes that's that's when I talked about him being in the future top six of this team with your high skilled players. That's the kind of play I'm talking about because you have to have the ability to play 200 feet in today's NHL. And that's the sort of play that makes you so incredibly dangerous.
1: You just see these like you're looking for guys at this point when you look at guys on this team right now and you're looking toward the future a little bit while you're doing it. You're looking for guys that you feel like can be be all around players. Yeah, you you know, like you need high end talent eventually, and you've and you've got Mishkov in the pipeline, and Mishkov's going to come over and be that eventually,
0: and hopefully he makes everyone around him better as well.
1: Well, that's the one thing to me that I keep hanging on to is that because there's a lot of people that are going to look and sit there and say that the development hasn't been great and things like that. I'm not saying some guys' development hasn't been great. I'll agree to that. You know, if facts, yep. Well, because it well, because if you're looking at certain guys and thinking where's you know, especially if you're either thinking where's the step forward or why isn't this guy sticking right now, you can't tell me Morgan Frost development has been handled well. You just can't. Well, like, over, is, like overall, I'll tell you what the problem with that is though. Frost needs a finisher with him right in some capacity they don't always put him in that spot the the back I agree. and forth and the back and forth at the beginning of the season became ridiculous
0: i agree that's that's mostly what i was referring to
1: you know what i mean it it seems like that's mostly behind them now yeah you know so maybe there's a turning point there but for now you know you can't change the first half of the year with what was going on that's all i'll say about right. that i'm talking more about like all right, so maybe Noah Cates is not as much of an offensive guy as what as he was last year. So yeah. maybe that's more of the the, the average for what he's going to be. Or you sit there and you look, and after a certain point, you go, you know, like here's a perfect example too. You're trying to develop guys, and the Washington game is starting to get out of hand, and Bobby Brink and Ula Lixell are getting it from Torts. Yes, just absolutely getting ripped into for taking a long shift, not getting off the ice benched for the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, messages are being sent, right? Brink to me still has a shot to be an NHL plight like he's he's got a, he's got NHL capability. It's not going to be superstar capability. It's not it may not even be top six, but it's going to be capability. I okay. don't know about Lixo. Okay. you know what I mean? Like like that's a guy who after a certain point, I sit there and I go, listen, if you're not changing things around for that, like like you need to have a calling card somewhere. Right. Brinks may never be defensive play. So you may need to like kind of be it, like he may be a specialty kind of unit. He may be a guy who plays like fewer minutes. It's just maybe the way it goes. Right. Forster's developed into a player that I see both ends of the ice and I go, you've got maybe top six chops because you're playing. Very well defensively, if you can get hot with the scoring and if you can find your scoring touch and do things like you did in the game against Ottawa on a more consistent basis, you're going to be relied on a lot. The same way that last year they did that with Tippett, the same way you've seen connect emerge into that guy, you know, and, you know, the same way you still hope that Joel Farabee stays in that kind of category. And and the good news is, is that, like, inevitably, if guys huddle around even like I get it, not every one of those guys is an ideal top line guy. They're not going to be, but sure.
0: Well, and but if you have
1: enough guys that I think fall into, they're possibly a second liner, but maybe, you know, like you can eventually bridge the gap and go, okay, listen, second, third line. It doesn't matter. They're right. middle Sixers. Well, and the other thing
0: I wanted to mention is Lixell is 24. He's probably pretty close to what he is, but Brink is still only 22. Like there is a chance that he still kind of has a next year. Um you know, if he has a really solid off season, you know, maybe maybe packs on a little bit of muscle. Sure, uh, I could see Bobby Brink still kind of taking a next step, but I I understand where you're coming from. Where at this point, well, and
1: the thing that frustrates you know, the
0: ceiling people, is coming down a little bit.
1: Well, and the thing that frustrates people is that Brink gets the message sent to him and not Cam Atkinson. Not and Atkinson got scratched this week. So I'm not saying there wasn't a message right. there, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, it's more the within game, you know. And, and, and like, I, I get it. It's, it's just, you know what I mean? Like people look at certain guys and go, this guy gets to keep playing. Why doesn't he, you know, or whatever. Oh,
0: and I, I think John Tortorella is still trying to prepare a young team for the playoffs.
1: He and... is, but there's also like, what you also can't deny is that like, listen, at some point in time, when, when, like, First of all, I get tired of hearing about stuff with Tortorella because it's like, listen, this is year two of this, all right? If you're not used to what he does, especially because this is always his track record, then you're, like, you're not paying attention. You're
0: not paying attention, right? John Tortorella is nothing if not consistent. Like, he tells you exactly what he expects, right? You know what John Tortorella expects at any given moment.
1: Well, and that's why, so this is why, again, this is, uh, like, I want to stay on the trade deadline thing because this is where, like, after the St. Louis game, this is why I said playtime's over to an extent because everybody's been able to get to this point. 62 games into the season, it'll be 63 after Monday. There's 19 more to go at that point, and for 63 games out of the 82, you've been able to kind of avoid this situation for the time being because you've been able to pull a lot of the right, you know, push a lot of the right buttons, do a lot of these these things that have worked. To this point, but now you're at the point where with the trade deadline coming and knowing that this is the only opportunity you have, like. I just want to go through to an extent, because at this point in time, there's only really a small handful of names that are really going to potentially even be on the move. They're not going to move anybody else. Right. Like, so the first name I want to bring up is Scott Lawton, and I'm going to tell you why I'm bringing up Scott Lawton first. It's not because he's more likely to move or not. It's because I think his solution is the easiest to explain. Okay. Because Lawton's in a spot where with two years left on the contract after this year, you don't have to do anything. Not at all. Nope. And, and just because like, the reason I'm saying you don't have to do anything is not just because I'm saying you're going, oh, Scott Lawton's great, you know, great in the room and he's valuable to leadership and he's valuable to a playoff run and. A playoff team would love to have him, and if this team's a playoff team, then you may want to keep a guy like that. I'm not saying it for that reason. What I'm saying is is that just because the trade deadline comes and goes on Friday does not mean that Scott Lawton getting traded is dead and gone. Of course. There's two years left on the contract. It is still something that can be revisited. It will come up this offseason. But – well, it, I'm not even worried about whether at, it does least or doesn't. At a
0: speculation point. right?
1: And I'm not even worried about if it does or doesn't. My point is, is that it's not necessarily going to change the long-term plan. He's already under contract. It's not like they sat there and said, like last time, here's the choices. Extend him or trade him. What You're do right. we do? We're going to extend him instead of getting something for him at that time.
0: Can you get but, any assets for JVR? Chuck Fletcher says no.
1: Trades are hard. The trades are hard. Um, But that's where it comes to the defenseman. Because this is where all your expiring contracts are, which means that there's an element of it's now or never. There is no turning back from the trade deadline. Right. So, so that
0: deadline, it, it creates a deadline.
1: Right. Now, this is where things get interesting. Like, I, I keep going back and forth on this in terms of what not what's going to happen but like trying to figure it all out because there's always a lot of stuff going on and to be honest by the way the lawton stuff has cooled off a lot lately like i feel like i'm hearing less and less about lawton and more and more about walker sealer walker sealer i agree like at this point in time i let's just let's just clear the table right here with this for a second it's sean walker nick Steeler, mark Stahl. those are the three guys we're talking about when it comes to the defensive side right I'm going to start and say this. Like, I've always included Mark Stahl in these things because he's on an expiring contract, and regardless of what you think of Mark Stahl, NHL-, around the league no, will... NHL GMs yeah. love these types of guys. Yep. Hey, playoff playoff team veteran kind of guy, right? right? Like, I'll take that guy all the time.
0: Do you need a guy to sit out your pride night?
1: Well, I wasn't going there. I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, I'm saying, no, like, but even if he's a seventh, teams yep. always sit there and go, well, sure. And I don't mind having a guy playoffs. like that, that I can pull yep. in for a playoff game, you know, yep. Yep. regardless of what the situation is. I'm just not getting the sense that there's a whole lot of activity with him. So I, I think he's just I, here.
0: Well, cause why he hasn't really played all that much when he has, he's looked like a 40
1: year old man. Uh, um, I, I'm going to pull back on that a little bit. Like there was a course of time Prior to like the Pittsburgh game that I'm like, he's been fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not like trying to sit here and say he's the best thing ever. Like yeah, I'm being been realistic been about it, horrendous. but I'm also sitting there going like, like at the end of the day, I was more concerned. I was less concerned about the pairing he was on and more concerned about, you know, kind of the Sanheim Drysdale combination or the, you know, right. York Sanheim combination. It was like that was what was getting beat up more by the top talent, right? And if and as long as they could protect Stahl in the sense that oh you're not out there against like he ended up out there a couple of times against like I'm trying to remember which game it was that I saw okay maybe it was the Tampa game because there were a couple times he ended up out there against like the Kucherov line and right. it's like this is a mismatch That's, and you can see a, it like this is a bad idea you're hanging on by a thread until he can get off the ice you know that yep. kind of thing so, but so but since... the Pittsburgh game was really the one where he was bad like that yeah. he, he was bad That's... in the Pittsburgh game yeah. and. And then since then, to be honest, like I look at the last couple and it was like, you know, they all kind of got every, everybody had a rough final two periods against Washington. Right. And then I didn't see a whole lot against Ottawa that was bad.
0: Well, since since the defensive core kind of seems to be the core of the trade conversation here, mm-hmm. do you OK, if Jamie Drysdale is perfectly healthy, are Sealer and Walker both gone?
1: I still don't know.
0: Okay. You know, As it sits right now with Drysdale, uh, we got an update on Drysdale this week, right? Or at least well, some he's rumors. Weak,
1: he's week to week. They said they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. Here's the concerning part. Right. So when Danny Breyero addressed the media on Friday during the Washington game with Konechny, it was, we're getting through the weekend. We're going to evaluate, but it it looks like he'll be able to be back like in within the following
0: week, much more of a day to day update,
1: Well, a day to day update, but something that feels like, oh, it's it's probably soon. I don't know about like Monday. He's not playing this weekend. I don't know about Monday. Thursday seems like a like a good possibility. All right. Fair enough. With both Drysdale and Ristolainen, it was they're going to go through a reevaluation period following this week to week diagnosis. And then right. that's going to determine whether they are able to possibly play at all. Right. Well, that doesn't sound encouraging. And and listen, no. when Drysdale got hurt, you're lucky that it wasn't just immediately season ending right then and there. Like Correct. the fact that there's even a remote possibility is better than it looked what it looked
0: when it first happened.
1: Yeah. Right. The catch here is that if Ristalinen and Drysdale are not able to come back,
0: can you move you, both sealer and Walker or I don't honestly, think they, even either of them?
1: Well, I, I'm no, I'm answering this one for you right now. Like, or part of it. Okay. They're, I don't think they're moving sealer. Okay. Straight up. I don't think they're moving sealer. And to be honest, I can even level with keeping him like with, with an extension for a okay. short, like for two to three years. I don't hate
0: that as long as obviously as long as the number is uh, supremely reasonable.
1: Well, it's sure, of course, the number needs to be reasonable, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm it, right. I, like I'm talking and I'm talking more with the term as well. The sure. reason the reason being is because with Sealer, I feel like there's a little bit more consistency involved. Like he's had to step in and play more games. And I think like most people would have thought they would see him play. OK, it it just feels like especially the last couple of years, he's gotten better somehow. Like he went from being yeah. the guy that you wanted to get rid of three years ago to like he's fine. He's capable yeah he's fine (laughs) well okay here's the reason why i'm saying i'm okay with it i'm looking at his type of play anyway i don't know who they've got who fits his type of play they've got they they got three right well i'm saying like if you swapped out if you traded sean walker tomorrow and said ronnie adder come on down like you've been called up this week you're gonna be the guy who jumps in and fills that spot at least they're relatively similar yeah, yeah. So I can sit there and be like, okay, that's at least a guy that I understand why you're trying to swap there. I don't know who they have like Nick Sealer, who's just going to eat it all game and play at the back end. And that's, that's the end of that. That's fair. You that's know, valid. So I don't think they like that's the only reason I can justify it because at this point in time, you know, at this point in time, and, and the other, here's the other reason too. Sealer, like I said, because Sealer's got more of a track record to me. Mm hmm. You got Sean Walker last offseason as a throw-in piece, not knowing what he was going to be. We sat there when the trade happened saying, hopefully it's decent. Hopefully he's decent. Yeah. Right. Hopefully it's decent, so that this way you can turn it into something. And
0: no he, he's been probably your most consistent defenseman.
1: He has, but here's the problem. I i believe I said to you several weeks back, We had we did a comparison. I told you who I thought he was like. It was a while ago, but I think I told you who I thought he was like, or who he reminded me of. I don't remember. Matt Niskanen. Mm, Yes. You know what I, you know what I remember about about Matt Niskanen and that one real, yeah, well, he's steady, but what his nickname was steady Eddie. Oh no. And and that, no, I'm saying what I remember about Matt Niskanen, that one really strong year that he had, it was one year. Yep. He never gave you the chance because he retired after that year. He never gave you the chance to see whether or not that was going to hold Or not,
0: or whether it was a flash in the pan.
1: Right. And with Sean Walker, you're getting everything and more that you could have possibly wanted from this guy. And that can make you really quickly get infatuated with the idea that this guy seems like a great idea to keep. Look at how good he's playing. Look at how consistent he's been. He's been on our, you know, between him and sealer. They've been the most consistent pair the whole season. There's no guarantees that that doesn't happen next okay, year. No. Sorry, I smell a butt coming here. <laughs> well, and my point is, is that if it crashes hard, that's going to be a bad look for the front office. If you decided to extend him with right, Sealer, I fe- Sealer, I feel like, you know what you're getting. There's more than just this year to go off of. But with Walker, you've got nothing more than this year. He's revitalized his career, and it's probably best if you at least move him. Okay. You want to keep sealer? Because I think here's the other thing, too. I think sealer on his own still isn't getting you more than maybe like a third.
0: Is is there any validation to because you are a little thin due to injury on the defensive core right now? Is there any talk or not talk? Is there any validity to maybe keeping Walker uh, with no intent of resigning him? But as he's your kind of he's your rental, quote unquote, oh, or do you, you think they need to move him for assets?
1: I would move him. Okay. You know, like, let's put it this way. He scored a you goal. You get where I'm
0: coming from, right? He, like he,
1: he scored a goal in the Tampa game. And I remember distinctly thinking after he scored it, you know, they're going to miss him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. like, but like thinking in my head, this is, you know, it's going to, you know, yeah, you're going to miss him, but this is what you got to do. Okay. Uh, to me. And a,
0: m- a month ago, a lot of people were saying the same thing about Scott Lawton
1: yeah but but when there's uh, when there's all this talk about getting a first round pick but and but the problem with lawton is and it's not even it's not lawton's problem of like what because well because let's, let's put it this way lawton's played better over the last stretch it hasn't hurt one bit the way you know pretty much since his name popped up he's been playing a lot better from an offensive side of things right so that doesn't hurt things
0: tell it's, tell me again how players don't read headlines oh they all know i know
1: yeah. sealer said it on the post game show yeah like that, they, you know, they all know who's involved they know, in the conversation. But, yeah. But here's the thing because they don't have pressure with Lawton to do like what to have to do it now. Right. They can stand to you want him. This is what it's going to cost. And it's I'm not changing my a, mind. It's going to cost
0: you a boatload.
1: And right now, maybe there's no team out there that feels like they want to go there. So then the Flyers are going to sit there and say, fine, we're keeping him. Oh, no, we have to keep him right. And and the thing is, is that I don't feel like that does anything to the fan base because the contract's already there. He's already Absolutely. he signed for two more years. At $3 right. There's no dollars. there's no
0: contract but, anxiety.
1: No, the difference is going to be if because I think they could keep. Here's what I think could happen. I think they could keep sealer beyond the deadline and not have to do anything uh, like regarding next year and beyond right away. Okay. I think they could like table that almost and still be able to pick it back up because sealers can been sign here.
0: him in May. Like, I think Sealer's
1: enough. been here long enough to, like,
0: if he wants to stay, they know he, you know, they know. I'm, I'm not to trying stay, to say he he knows that knows that that it might they not be a, him I'm stay. not trying
1: to say it might not be a hard bargain, right. but it's because he's he's definitely do a race. The guy's on it. Like, think about it. The guy's playing out of his mind, leading the NHL in block shots. Yep, and. Is on a seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar contract that's technically two-way.
0: Right. Right. So three like, years, think, two and, like, two and a right. half. Do you
1: think the guy right? Like, do you think the guy's worth at this point like between two and a half and three? Right. Just, you know, for two to three years, just to give him like a reward for being a good sport. I don't disagree. You know, especially if you don't have anybody else who's going to take that money coming up. Like right. and, and and especially also if your intention is a walker's gone, B, Stall's gone at the end of the year. Right. See, whatever you decide to do with Ristolainen in the offseason, because Ristolainen's name was floating out there, too. Yeah, of course. So so you've got a few different avenues where it's like you can keep sealer and open up other places. Yeah. And it won't affect like, hey, I'm blocking people right now. You don't do anything with Ristolainen in the offseason. You think Walker's worth a contract extension. Then you're going to create a problem because of the fact that people are going to sit there and go rebuilding. huh? Right. We're kind like, of log jamming like I'm not going to freak out on the Flyers for keeping Nick Sealer potentially exploring, re-signing him when the offseason could dictate that three of these other guys are not part of the picture, two or three.
0: Right. Well, and at the same time, like if you make the playoffs this year and you don't take anything significant away from your roster and maybe you sure up a couple of spots, why would you expect to get worse next year?
1: Mm, be, that, because, but, because this year has also been kind of a perfect storm.
0: That's fair. And that is a conversation for a future day. And those are all things that Danny Briere has to consider as we are right. five days out. Well, from and the trade then, deadline. And, and,
1: right. And the point that I'm making also with it, like the point I'm making is, is that like, if you kept sealer and traded Walker, at least you went like not, not, not even went halfway, like at least like, at least with sealer, it's like sealer is not the headliner of that group because he's not going to bring the offensive side. Like you're getting, you're getting the defensive defenseman. Sure. So he's not going to be worth a first or a second or maybe even a third. And if you decide that's not really worth trading this guy out of the room, especially for the younger defenseman who may come in, like right. who, like like seriously, if Ronnie Adder's got to come in and play for Sean Walker in the next week, because that happens, right? I don't mind having Nick Sealer be there to mentor him. That's fair if that's the case because you've already done part of the equation. You didn't yeah. get attached to Walker. Right. And right. and the and in the off season you can look to not be further like to further not be attached to people. Sure. And but if you will... remain attached to all of them, that's the problem.
0: Right. And we will find out very quickly who Danny briere is attached to. Um all I, right.
1: I, I just worry that if they do stay attached it kills everything that they it, it can be tough like, yeah no i agree well, with well, that. because you've built you've built this whole year up on rebuilding new era we're gonna do this the right way and it's going to you feel throw good, it away
0: at the drop of a hat
1: well it's gonna feel too much like the old days if you say no never mind we're in a playoff race we're keeping everything we're going we love for it, it. No, that's you terrible. know well it's not even about going for it like it, I, i'm of the i'm of the thought if you know if you're a playoff team you're gonna be a playoff team with or without sean walker right you know what I mean? And maybe especially you know, at this point, right. right. And maybe sealer as well, potentially, if if that's how it goes, I don't think it's going to go that way. But like, I'd, I'd be a little mind.
0: nervous with Ristolainen and Drysdale out to trade sealer and Walker just with the current roster.
1: Well, And I, I, I'm like, I said, I still think they just want to have sealer around. And I, think, I agree. I, no, I agree. Well, and I, I like to be honest, if Ristolainen was healthy, I think they'd be pushing that a little harder. I don't disagree if, with like, that at that's all. That's The other part. Of, and that's why I'm saying like, let's see what the offseason brings. But for now, yeah. like, that's, you know, and obviously, like, I do want to hit on this really quick, too, that. Yeah, of course, there are games, too.
0: And of course, we, we talked briefly about the fact that they play St. Louis Monday night. And that's, you know, a game you probably should win. You get a couple days off. You, uh, the only other games that we have between now and our next show will be Thursday night against Florida and Saturday against Tampa Bay, both in Florida. So a little bit of a road trip here. So those players that are. Uh, I'm sorry, Thursday. Uh, yeah, Saturday in Tampa. Um, so those players that are potentially looking at moving might be packing a little bit of a heftier bag when they go down to Florida because you don't know where you're going to end up and you don't want to end up like Jamie Drysdale going shopping in you know the Mall of America to try to get your clothes. Um, so a uh, couple games in Florida this weekend. We will be back next week to talk about it. Uh, was there anything you wanted to mention about this week's worth in terms of the games?
1: Um. I think that, like... If probably looking it, at three Arison starts. Yeah, well, I mean, we already said that part of it. Probably, um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how this, like, they really need that St. Louis game to be another example of what they did against either Ottawa, Tampa, kind of thing. Like, over the last week, they really need another game like that just to kind of get it to the edge of the deadline. Like, once you go on the road and play Florida and Tampa... You're starting that gauntlet. It's going to be a lot of anything can happen, yeah. you know, and you're like at that point, you're going to need everything. You're going to need g- the goaltending. You're going to need the defense. You're going to need everything like that. I'm curious to see as things like, I'm honestly curious to see what the timeline becomes for all of this activity. Like, yeah, I'm
0: curious how much they get done before that Florida game on Thursday and how much is after that. game. Well, but, look, if,
1: if, 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 I'm not trying to like, try to make it a puzzle for people in terms of sure. what i think is going to happen you want my honest opinion on what i yeah. think is going to happen yeah go for it if they're if they're if they're going to move anybody at all they're going it, to it'll be walker and that's it
0: okay that's and what you think i think. That, you think that'll be thursday before the game or you think it'll be friday
1: i wonder if it will be that's okay. all i'm saying like but if they're going to move anybody i think it's going to be walker because because with walker you're in the same situation as as lawton like we talked about like previous like right. years ago it almost it's, feels like jvr last year um, not quite because JVR, I think everybody knew that it wasn't going beyond last year. So it was either. And that's the other part of the equation is when you know, it doesn't go beyond that year. There's an element where it makes it worse because it's like, well, why wouldn't you move the guy for whatever you can get? Well, you don't
0: think Walker going to cash out and go sign a free agent. Like if, if you don't trade him, you think he's going to resign here? I no, he, I think I don't I think he's going to resign wherever he's going unless there's a hefty
1: extension involved. Well, I. This is why I'm saying, I think I'm like 50, 50 on where this goes, because it's either going to be, I'm calling it like the Lawton situation. It's either going to be on Thursday or Friday. You're going to find out he's traded or, or he's signing an extension. Okay. And if he, and if he's traded, then I think the flyers did right by the situation, because I think that they've held firm to the, we're not overly attached to everybody. You know, you, you want to change your mind on Sealer because of what the injuries have done and the fact that he's a different type of defenseman than some of these mobile guys and all that stuff, fine. You want to keep Lawton because it's not an urgent, like, got to do it right now thing. Like, the deadline does not mean you're going to now either have to keep him or lose him for nothing, fine. You want to, you know, but Walker's different. I feel like Walker is going to, like, Walker's going to, I think is going to make a really, like, he's going to get a very decent raise.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Next and that's that's why I was
1: And yeah. and if the decent raise is 4 to 5 million dollars, you can't afford or, that. No, there's only I'll tell you what, there's only one way you can. And it's finding somebody who out there who decides maybe in the off season I take Rich I don't, Lyman. at complete full value though. Yep. And I don't yeah, know that that's possible. Okay. Yep. On well, top of the fact that at the, on top of the fact that in the meantime, you're already retaining on Kevin Hayes You've got other buyouts in the system already that you're working around. Um, I think Cam Atkinson's going to be a buyout candidate. I've leaned towards the possibility that Deloria could have been one as well. I I I lean a little less towards that now because I I think
0: I think he's earning his keep a little bit more.
1: Well, he's playing with Sean Couturier right now. That 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 helps
0: too. I Um, mean.
1: Beyond I, fighting a guy like beyond fighting a six, seven giant,
0: you know, absolute monster. Yeah, right.
1: Like, you know, what I mean, I, if, listen, if you
0: fight Godzilla, you should earn a contract.
1: <laughs> um, But frankly, but you, but you get my point. Like, it's not that De, it's not that Deloria is earning it or anything like that. What I think is happening is, is that Deloria, you know, you can bury on the fourth line or pull him out of the lineup on occasion and it doesn't right. make a difference. Atkinson feels like, you know, if you're going to keep going back and forth with he's in, he's not because he's not playing up to up to par. Yeah, it's just time to cut him loose and let him go play. Deloria is also like, let's be clear. Let's be clear about something else, too. First of all, Deloria's contract has two years left on it. So you'd be paying that out for four years if you bought it out for one. And the other part of the equation is it's a one point seven five million dollar contract. If you got to eat it for another year to get a little closer, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Right. It's not as big of a deal as as Atkinson at near six million dollars and. He's and just not giving you enough.
0: Delorie is the kind of guy that you could also trade at some point. Once you get under a year and a half left on that deal, you can trade, eat, get his number nice and low. Teams will love him for a
1: potentially. Run. I don't know if you go that far with it, but like, regardless, like, yeah, yeah.
0: That, that is a conversation for next year's trade deadline. Um, as far as this trade year's trade deadline goes, it is just a couple of days away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about uh, all the results thereof is sean walker still a flyer is nick sealer still a flyer is Every ever all of the above we will talk about all of that next week in the meantime make sure you follow kevin on twitter at kevin underscore dorso and all the other social medias too. find the show at ywt podcast also find it everywhere you find your podcast including sportstalkphilly.com um all right uh kevin one last twitter refresh no breaking trades to talk about here yeah i'm scrolling through we made it through an entire
1: show <laughs> as far as i can tell with uh
0: all right so by my account then the denver barky contract will be announced in about 20 minutes no i don't
1: know i don't know if it's going that far i kind of like it by the way the only other thing that we uh that we got out of this whole thing is apparently jonathan quick is going to sign a one-year contract extension with the rangers
0: that sucks because he's good there so (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah all but right. you know what the, you know what that is that's the same equation as the uh, Walker thing to an extent that was a guy that you didn't know you were getting that kind of quality this year and now you're gonna see if that equates to it next year. Fair enough. you know what I mean you never know.
0: All, all right. right we will be back next week to talk about all the trade deadlines stuff break down anything else that happens I'm sure something big is gonna go down around the league so we'll be back next week to talk about that until then stay ya.